Morning, Emma. Good morning, Mel. <laughs> it's another morning one. It's another morning one. Why? Uh, because my kids are probably still in bed and this is a great time to be here. <laughs> <laughs> they are supervised. My husband is home. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's Well, he's home, but he's still drunk from last night. <laughs> That is so not true, listeners. No, it's, it's not. I don't even think Justin drinks. Does he doesn't he? drink at all. No. That's, that's, yeah, either does my husband. We've got the rare Australian guys that don't drink. Yeah. Doesn't mean we drink twice as much. <laughs> but it means we could drink twice as much. <laughs> Matt, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about um, how do we uh, eliminate misbehaviour before it even happens by managing the home environment. Okay, so talking about cutting it off at the pass before right. it before even, it even happens. If we don't have it there, we don't have to manage it. Oh, that seems like common sense, but is it practical? Like, well, it, it should be practical. It's all about practical strategies. Yeah, so mm. in the house, yeah, out and about might be a bit more mm. difficult. Well, we're talking about particularly the house environment at the okay. moment. Okay, yep. yeah, cool. And I suppose the more practised you are in the home environment, mm. the easier it is going to be. Yeah, and I mean, what I've, we'll go to the topic title. I thought we'd just call this House Rules, which kind of gives a bit of boundaries in terms of what we're talking about within the house. Yeah, can but we make it really funky though? Like House Rules. Rules with double O. And a Z. L-Z. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Rules. Yeah. us back to the the um, harking back uh, this is showing my age to the days of um was it um fast forward they had kylie who was you know kylie you know who i'm talking about kylie mole kylie mole kylie mole who is that oh my yeah you wouldn't know guys are guys are just guys yeah that's it chewy? <laughs> emma wouldn't have been oh. here would you have been oh. here 20 years ago i come here yeah it probably was about that would have been over 20 well it would have been yeah, the comedy club, wasn't it? Yeah, comedy company. Comedy company, the sorry. Comedy com- oh, my goodness. We yeah, are old, Brad. No. Uh, con the Fruiterer. Yeah. The, that's we should come a sutra. Is that meant to be? Con the Fruiterer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you shouldn't be listening to this if you aren't at least in your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> that's a disclaimer. It usually comes with a PG and M rated just because of my potty mouth. But today's disclaimer is you'll not get anything out of today unless you're in your 40s. <laughs> so, and even at that, I'm in my 40s, mm. but only just. Yeah. Only just. Just, <laughs> just. Well, let's let's talk about environments. So, how do we actually structure the environment so that we can prevent misma- misbehaviour in the first place? Padded room. That's one option. Yeah. <laughs> how effective is that? That's that, that's a kind of possibly a short term versus long term. Yes. Consequences exactly. of your short term. Interventions, or, or a more likely possibility of being a parent who has lost their stuff <laughs> <laughs> down the track. Yeah. But I'm thinking about even just ensuring that you've got an environment where kids can play happily, 
that there's a safe environment with lots of safe toys, that you've got things that are breakable out of the way or mm-hmm. valuables are out of the way. So um, it's, it's about going into your home and looking at where can I take the pressure of having to supervise as closely as I would otherwise mm-hmm. uh, by just managing that environment. So I suppose whenever, especially if we have first children, when it's our first one, before we have kids, we have our houses. Usually our houses are beautiful, full of all our favorite stuff. And, you know, everything's out on display because there's very little to no risk. Mm. And then when you have your first child, well, that's it. Everything has to have like be behind safety you, you, locks. And you stuff. all of a sudden start to realize things that you never even thought of as breakable as being breakable or yeah, that's <laughs> like it. can be destroyed. Yeah. Um, and things that you wouldn't think would interest kids mm. at all. Glasses. They find, yeah. Empty glasses. Yeah. Fantastic. That's the favorite thing. Yeah. Beads, jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Um, vases of flowers. Vases of flowers. Uh, stuff Ornaments. That, yeah, <laughs> stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think they would be attracted to because, mm. well, they're not necessarily that colourful. Yeah. Um, you oh, like sometimes tend to think that kids are only attracted to things that are bright and colourful. They're mm-hmm. more attracted to those type of things, of course, but those inanimate objects that Mm. you would think that don't really pose a risk are often the ones that cause injury. Yep. And and from a child's perspective, young children often learn about um, objects by popping them in the mouth, by trying to to taste them, having their tongue around them. So you can pretty much guarantee a lot of those things are going to find their way into a toddler's mouth. Mm -hmm. The dog. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The dog's food. Mm Um, I suppose we should really mention during this podcast at some stage, a lot of this is, um, I tend not to use the words common sense because it doesn't exist. Common sense is not that common. Exactly. Um, But a lot of this stuff is really child safety as well. Um, So it's really, for me, when I speak to parents that haven't had their baby yet, so baby's still brewing, I say to them, get down on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, not on your tummy, mum, because it's usually <laughs> bulging by then, but get down or sit down on the floor and look at what you can reach. Mm-hmm. And if whatever you can reach poses a risk, yeah. then you need to remove it out of the way. Absolutely. Um, not a lot of people think to do that. And now there's going to be a lot of the listeners going, oh, that would have been an easy way to do it. Absolutely. If you don't want to be hovering over your child, monitoring everything that they're doing uh, and driving yourself crazy in the process, mm. then really uh, adjusting the environment for temporarily. This is a phase. Mm. This is for a certain number of years. Then that's going to prevent a lot of issues. Yeah, your spare room is going to come in really handy as a storeroom, I yep. reckon, for the first <laughs> few years. Um Look, on another safety note as well, one of the big risks, especially for little babies, and I know we're going to talk more about the toddler years, but especially for babies is the dog's bowl. Um, As you said before, things end up in the mouth. So if Mm. you've got dog biscuits in there, there's a choking hazard Mm. for a baby. But drownings in... Even very, very small amounts of water. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that dog's bowl of water, um, if your child goes face first into that mm-hmm. and can't get out of that situation, that's, it's really dodgy. No matter how small the bowl is, Yeah. you know, you just 
got to be so, so careful whenever you've got a new baby in the house. Obviously, the first few weeks you're, you know, you're you're out of danger mm. because you've, you they, know, they're, they're not going to go anywhere. Exactly, they're immobile, um, largely. But um, because of the, the neck strength that um, infants have uh, or the lack of neck strength, then often they find it difficult to get themselves out of difficult mm. situations. But for sure, whenever they start rolling, mm. Once they're rolling and you walk out of the room, you'll walk back into the room and find them over the other side. Mm. And that's when it becomes a big problem. So being able to create a space where children can play safely, uh, really, really important. For sure. Um, But fast forwarding into toddler Mm. years, whenever they are mobile, whenever they are crawling around or um, up on their feet, stumbling around, that's whenever you have to take a, a special care whenever you're looking at, you know, minimizing damage in the mm. household. But looking back to Cooper, who's now 13, looking back to when he was a two-year-old, I'm pretty sure he thought his name was no. and stop that's that's exactly right we want to um ideally minimize the amount of times that Mm -hmm. we have to tell a child no yeah and simply because if we if we're saying no over and over again Mm -hmm. well we don't want our child to become uh well to feel that it's their name yeah but generally it it starts to lose the impact it has yeah absolutely and that's exactly what i found as Mm -hmm. well no mean just let's try it anyway yeah, absolutely. The other thing is if you're going to um, get into the house rules, we want to keep those, and this is, you know, as children are chewing up generally, you want to keep the number of rules at a minimum, okay? You, preferentially, rules should be positively phrased. So it should tell a child what they should do rather than what they shouldn't do. So, so for instance, we walk, we walk in, in the house. Even better. The reason with um, the, the problem with negatively phrased rules is that it tells a child what they shouldn't do, but it doesn't tell them what they should do. So there's 101 other ways that they could get through the house. Like you know, we they, roll through the we house. Roll, <laughs> <laughs> we ride on a motorbike through the house. It. So, you know, it tells them what they shouldn't do. But what we really want to do is to be able to tell them what they should do. So that we walk in sense. the house. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, although having said that, like house rules, um, we can phrase them negatively, but usually we focus on rules that are very, very hard to identify what they should be doing um, mm. instead. So, for instance, it might be we don't we don't spit. Okay, mm. we're not telling them um, the various things that they could do because it could be a whole range of really appropriate behaviours, mm-hmm. but spitting is not one of them. Yeah. So we don't spit in the house or we don't spit, spit full stop, really. Mm. That that might be one we use a don't or we negatively word the rule. Yeah, yeah. We don't spit. We, we just let it fall out of our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite our sister. <laughs> <laughs> we suck her. <laughs> we suck her firmly. <laughs> So, you know, we, 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 treat, we treat each other kindly. Yes. There are other positive ways that you can, you can get creative yeah. with that. Yeah. No, I get that, that sometimes you can, there, there is an alternative positive way of um, delivering the information that you need to deliver, but so in some cases there... There is, you know, it's appropriate to say we don't do this. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We don't suck our sisters <laughs> firmly <laughs> with our teeth. That's it. That's it. Um, but I suppose the more rules there are and the more, go back to the more times you say no, yeah. the 
less likely they are to actually follow those rules. Well, it's just about picking your battles. I mean, you don't want to be constantly on at your children. It's exhausting. Mm. Uh, so it's about identifying which is the battle that I need to pick right now. What yeah. What's the most important one? Remember, these are skills deficits. We're cho- teaching children uh, about how to behave in their environment mm-hmm. um, and we want to be able to focus on the most critical uh, critical pieces of information first and as they acquire that skill we can always move on to something else Mm. so I suppose going back to what you said pick your battles Mm -hmm. do you I'm a very firm believer in that problems need owners and if you don't need to own a problem then you don't need to own the problem and it was one of the things that we focused on over the school holidays with our kids was we found that we were jumping at every single little unwanted or misbehavior not even a misbehavior Mm. but every single little thing we found that we were so tired that you know with work and with with life Mm. that we found that we were picking on every single little thing and not letting them learn for themselves how to get themselves out of a situation so when my two would fight with each other as siblings do we would always intervene Mm. rather than letting them work it out for themselves So what we really done, uh, really consciously done when we were on holidays was we let it go. Mm. We stopped fighting their battle for them, if it was minor, obviously. Um, And also age appropriate. I mean, as children get older, their their ability to negotiate um, issues uh, becomes, uh, well, improves. Yeah, absolutely. But we found that for us as parents, we actually wound down Mm ourselves yep absolutely if you're on to every everything then you become hyper vigilant about the next the next issue yeah and not only that is that if children are hearing the no 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 over and over and over again then that's going to uh impact their um sense of self uh how they how they feel about what they're doing Mm -hmm. uh and that's not necessarily a good a good vibe for them to be picking up oh exactly um with the whole pick your battles, mm-hmm. what I like to advise parents to do is to sort their behaviours, to actually categorise the battles that they're going to fight and how they're going to fight it. So whenever I ask parents to categorise the behaviours or sort the behaviours, I say to them, write um, three columns on a page. Mm-hmm. So your first column is ignore the second column is give them a chance. And the third column is you need to act now. Mm. And ignoring, I mean, uh, ignoring is totally appropriate strategy Completely. for minor irritating behaviours. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, it's called minor but annoying yeah. um, is what it is in one particular um program, uh, child behaviour program, they call it minor but annoying. So those... Um, ignore behaviors are those behaviors that they're not going to hurt anyone they're not going to hurt anything or damage anything they're potentially going to learn from it Mm. so just let it go Mm -hmm. you don't need to pick that battle absolutely and you'd be better off focusing on a limited number of behaviors at any one time so if I'm working with a parent and uh, there's a whole raft of different behaviors that they're Mm -hmm. finding that are unhelpful I might say let's pick two yeah. These are the two we're going to focus on. Mm. 
for sure. So that would then go fall into the next category. And that would be the category um, called give them a chance. So where you actually say to them, I either want you to start doing that or stop doing that. So if you don't, then you count them. Maybe you do, you count them to three mm-hmm. and then there's the consequence from then on. Um, then, of course, you go to the next category where, let's say, little Freddie walks up to little Molly and smacks her. Then you're not going to say, oh, Freddie, we don't smack people in our house. That's one. And then he smacks her again and you go, that's two. Mm. And then he smacks her again. You don't want to give little Freddie three opportunities to actually smack Molly. In our house, that is an immediate, it's an immediate action. You don't give them three opportunities. So that's when you have the consequence for that. And I love that idea of having the three con- the three columns um, mm. because it really helps parents differentiate what, when am I going to intervene, mm-hmm. when do I need to intervene and get really clear in their own mind about that. Exactly. So whenever I say categorise your behaviours, I say to them, write it, up, write it down on a piece of paper yep. and stick it on the fridge. Mm-hmm. So it's really important if you've got two parents in the house or, you know, you might live with, you know, many adults in the house if you're house sharing with, you know, your your parents, um, that everyone can go to the fridge and go, where does that behaviour lie? Yeah. And agree to that and stick to it as a collective. And that's that's the same with, with the house rules as well. So we want to have consistency in terms of managing behaviour. The more consistent we are, uh, if, if everyone's managing the same behaviour mm-hmm. uh, in the same way, then the child is going to learn much more quickly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and with house be, house rules, ideally, as soon as children are able to be involved in establishing those house rules, we want to get them involved. We want them to participate because then they have ownership over the rules as well. Yes. So, it, of course, when they're really young, you you will have them involved less. Yeah. But as they get older and can start to be involved in that, mm-hmm. then we want to be able to have a, a little meeting about yeah. what are the house rules. Let's come up with those rules, mm-hmm. and then you stick them up on the fridge somewhere that they can always be seen somewhere we can always refer back to Mm -hmm. uh then you know that's a really great way of managing the rules as well yeah um i think one of the other things that need that we should really discuss is being on the same level with everyone um but if one parent doesn't agree with the other pair the other parents categorization of that behavior where do we go from there so if one believes that you should ignore it but the other believes that you need to give them a warning for it how do we resolve well, that's that a, that's a difficult issue because uh i mean i see many couples in couples counseling context with those very issues that they they, they might come from um they might themselves as parents have been parented in a way uh that's very different from each other and they might have very different beliefs about uh, what is appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I would say until you can agree, then it, it's probably more helpful not 
not to go in uh, independently and deal with those behaviours in a different way. Uh, it's really important that you are all on the same page. Otherwise, what it does is it causes potential for triangulation where mm-hmm. you might have uh, a parent siding with a child's view and um, really bring parents into conflict. I can't do that because mum said no. Yep, absolutely. Um, and not only that, uh, that it, it can cause tension within the relationship mm. between the parents too. Absolutely. And toddlers especially are very quick to um, test where the both parents Oh, yeah, sit. They'll, be, they'll be great at um, co-opting. Oh, completely. <laughs> and then, of course, I never thought I was one of these parents that, you know, my child will never do that. Um, they'll come to me and they'll say, I want a lolly. And if I say no, then they'll never go to dad and say, I want a lolly. Like, because my kids will never be like that. My kids were both like that. Because that's normal. Exactly. They're testing testing things out. Absolutely. Uh, But if Mark isn't on the same page as me. Then it just creates further tension. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah, rules. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, take some time over it. Make sure that um, you and your partner are on the same page with it, that you you both get some agreement. Uh, I mean, look, it's not to say that families can't function where uh, one parent behaves in a different way, uh, but essentially we'll find that the children will behave differently for those parents. For sure. And consistency. Yeah, consistency is always a good option. Oh, I see it so many times where... They say, oh, I tried that for a few days and it didn't work. No, you need to try it for a few weeks and a few months. Mm -hmm. And you actually need to make it part of the norm rather than saying, I tried it. Keep going, keep Mm -hmm. going. This is day after day, week after week stuff. This is stuff that's a new rule. Um, Just touching on what you mentioned then, though, is they'll learn where... um, who's forming these rules and who's going to be stronger with them. I know that a lot of parents' frustrations are, you know, this is the rule in our house, but when they go to grandma's, for example. Yeah, I was thinking that exact same thing. So uh, children, uh, learning is context dependent. So essentially if children learn rules in one environment and they learn totally different rules for the same behaviour in another environment, they will go, they will, they will learn that that's where those rules function. Apply. So you, you you can, of course, nowadays where you have a lot of people who, uh, a lot of children may be going between houses, they can certainly learn that the behaviours in one environment, this is what happens when I'm with mum or this is what happens when I'm with, with nan or with dad. Uh, but what we'll often find is when they're transitioning between those houses there can often be a period of disruption yeah and you find that when I find that even with babies when we're looking at the the sleep side of things is there is you know they they sleep really well at dad's house but they come back to mum's and they're up all through the night yeah um yeah it's it's very very common um so yeah rules definitely rules r-o-o-l-z Absolutely. So just basic things we can be changing in the environment uh, that can prevent misbehaviour in the first place. Get down on the floor. This is my takeaways. Get down on the floor, sit and look at what is available to the child. Mm -hmm. Do you want it damaged? Do you want it broken? Or is it going to cause injury to that child if they grab it? If they look at it with interest and you think that you're going to have to say no, 
best off you remove it out of the equation. Great one, great one. So, yeah, absolutely, we want to minimise the times we have to say no or don't touch that. Uh, the other thing is if we're looking at house rules, we want to keep instructions really clear. Uh, we walk in the house or we do this in the house. Uh, we want to keep them few and, as far as possible, positively phrased, although you can still have some negatively phrased rules. We don't bite or we don't suck our sister ferociously (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so few rules and as the child uh, gets older they can manage um, increasing number of rules Mm. you know I think that might be where a lot of parents can not go wrong I don't like to use the the words go wrong but that's where a lot of parents possibly stumble at the very beginning they have a list of rules for the two-year-old absolutely absolutely if you can't if you can't walk, can't walk away from the fridge remember them off the top of your head yourself um then you're getting too many <laughs> yeah, I probably just yeah. need one rule from my house yeah because I can't remember anything <laughs> I'm useless if it's not written down by my husband because I forget to write yeah. things down as well I'm useless I forget yeah. and only use rules if you have to is there such a thing as mummy brain like is that a real actual thing um, I mean, look, it's certainly uh, around when hormonal hormonal change, changes happen, that can certainly imp- impact um, our cognitions and how our brain's functioning. But today it might just be tiredness. <laughs> I think it's today because we're doing another podcast in the morning. Yep. Can we, we are. please do the next one in the evening? Well, there we go. <laughs> You're a taskmaster. So where can people find us? We They can find us under rocks behind trees <laughs> and the nearest pub and also on www.thisbloomingchild.com.au or at facebook this blooming child awesome thanks melissa thanks everyone thanks, for listening Emma. see you soon bye, bye.